you can stop Haaland for an hour, 70 minutes, and you can blink and suddenly score two goals against you as well. It, it, it's just being so switched on over 90 minutes that makes it so difficult. And he's a funny player. I mean, you know, we do player ratings after, uh, after the matches. And very often I'm sitting there thinking, he hasn't done a huge amount. You know, you, you think of giving him a kind of a 5-6, and then sometimes he's scored two or three goals. And, you know, he obviously can't do that if he scored two goals. So... Hello, welcome to another episode of the Chris Weekly Show, National World's one-stop shop to keep you in the know on all things Premier League. I'm your host, Jason Jones, and I'm joined as always by Chris Wheatley, as well as Manchester World's Michael Plant. We'll be discussing all sorts of things as the season nears its end, but this week we'll be taking a closer look at Arsenal's potential title decider with Manchester City on Wednesday evening. And as always, we'll be putting your listener questions to Chris as well. So without further ado, lads, always a pleasure to see you. I mean... This is the big one, isn't it, Michael? I mean, you know, me and Chris have spoken a lot about this game over the past few weeks, and and, and it's nearly upon us. Manchester City, Arsenal at the Etihad kind of has a, a winner-takes-all feeling to it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the feeling around the game's definitely changed after the last, let's say, three match weeks, um, given that Arsenal have slipped up. It, it felt a couple of weeks ago like a game that City had to win to get themselves back into the title race. And now it's kind of flipped a little bit where I think it's a game that Arsenal really kind of have to win to get themselves back in the title race. It maybe feels like if City do win, I wouldn't say that the title race is over, but you really do feel like it's it's cities to, to kind of lose from that point on and they'll really have the initiative with it and, and you would expect them to push forward. But yeah, it's a game really looking forward to it. And uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's one that we're going to be talking about or people will remember for years to come just because it is the two teams going for the title meeting at such a late stage in the season. So yeah, it should be a big one. And Chris, obviously Arsenal dropping points again over the weekend, uh, Friday night against Southampton, that, that 3-3 draw in the most dramatic of circumstances as well. Do you think it's right what Michael's saying? It's kind of shifted the balance a little bit going into this match. Yeah, I mean, from the Arsenal perspective, I think three consecutive draws kind of says it all. I mean, Arsenal uh, are not in the best of form of late. They're taking leads, they're they're losing leads. And uh, I think that's uh, a bit of an issue. I think the biggest problem is that William Saliba has been ruled out injured. It looks like for the rest of the season, he's not going to play at the Etihad. Um that was actually one question I wanted to ask Michael because in terms of Arsenal's kind of weaknesses, do you feel like they're going to be targeting Rob Holding, who is likely to start in place of Saliba uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether they'll, they'll target him as such, but I do definitely agree with you that it makes Arsenal weaker. You've just got to look at you know the last three games, the number of goals conceded, I mean, seven over three games. So, And Saliba's been great. Saliba's, I mean... You know, you're talking about Premier League team of the season. I think he probably would be in most people's team. He's been really, really good this season and there's no denying that, that they've missed him. But I mean, when, when you've got Haaland up front as well, it's <laughs> it's some task for, for holding to try and keep him quiet. But yeah, I think it's a big blow for, for Arsenal. I think the flip side of that, I mean, it's not quite at the same level is that it looks like City are going to be without Nathan Ake, who is a really important player for Pep. It's certainly in the second half of the season that he's played a very specific role in that he starts at left-back when the other team have the ball, but as soon as City get the ball, moves into centre-back, and, and that ability to kind of shift so quickly between the two positions is, is key. But he's out, well, we think he's going to be out through injury. missed the weekend game with a hamstring injury. I think he's going to be out um, tomorrow as well. So that is a bit of a blow for City because they don't really have a natural natural replacement, but I don't think it's the same extent as, as Saliba's um, absence for Arsenal. I mean, we're, we're talking about potential weaknesses there, Michael. Where do you sort of see this game being won and lost, potentially? 
Um, I think, I mean, every game is just <laughs> Erling Haaland <laughs> tends to win it, doesn't he? By, by, by just scoring loads of goals, really. Um, as simple as it sounds. But, I mean, like, midfielding, you know, and every game is always key, isn't it? And, and the fact that City will try and keep the ball and, and move Arsenal about is going to be a, a big factor in it. Obviously, Rodri, De Bruyne and one of probably Silva or Gundogan in the middle there that'd be a key battle and Arsenal I mean I, I presume Jack is back and we missed the, the weekend game three illness but I, I mean I thought I watched the Southampton game I thought at times that Pardew in particular was that's one of the worst I've seen him play this season Odegaard I thought he came good at the end but he was really off for, for long periods of the game so midfield is going to be, going to be a key battle as well I think in the game yeah, uh, I completely agree with what Michael just said there. Arsenal's midfield was really weak against Southampton. Uh, Fabio Vieira stood in for Granit Xhaka and I just don't feel like he is ready to start a game at the Etihad. Um, fingers crossed that Xhaka will be back, but yeah, Vieira is certainly not um, the kind of player that Arsenal will need in that game. And yeah, in terms of weaknesses, I think we, we've already kind of pinpointed Rob Holding it does feel a bit unfair to always single him out. I know Arsenal fans are probably going to be losing sleep tonight over the thought of Erling Haaland coming up against him. Um, but you've got to be realistic. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game for him. He's uh, he's not first choice. Um, but what he does have is uh, a really tough character. He's a leader on the pitch as well. Um, you're going to need a lot of quality to stop Haaland and. Um, yeah, just have to hope um, from an Arsenal point of view that it's an off day for Erling Haaland and he hasn't had many of those uh, this season. I think one of the trickiest thing about Manchester City, obviously, Michael, is that even if you stop Erling Haaland, I mean, they've got such a slew of other players. You know, we saw at the weekend, Riyad Mahrez, a wonderful hat-trick at Wembley, you know. So even if you can stop Erling Haaland, you've got all sorts of other problems as well, haven't you? Yeah, and it, it's also, you can stop Haaland for an hour, 70 minutes, and you can blink and suddenly score two goals against you as well. It, it, it's just being so switched on over 90 minutes that makes it so difficult. And he's a funny player. I mean, you know, we do player ratings after, uh, after the matches. And very often I'm sitting there thinking, he hasn't done a huge amount. You know, you, you think of giving him a kind of a 5-6, and then sometimes he's he scored two or three goals. And, you know, he obviously can't do that if he scored two goals. So he's... um. Yeah, he's an interesting player in that he so doesn't really get involved as much in the build-up play. But as you say, I mean, when you've got Kevin De Bruyne who can, you know, just do anything from from you know whether it's a pass, a shot, um, driving forward with a ball, and you've got players like Jack Grealish. The way he's playing at the moment is has been fantastic. He, he's capable of now providing match-changing moments. You you mentioned Mares as well, Silva. Yeah, I mean, the, the players have got at their disposal. Like, he's just brilliant, and and I think as well another player who's, who's played an important role this season that if Maybe the you know they, they do need a goal later on. Is uh, Julian Alvarez? He's come on and plays a big role this season, a couple of times for City. So yeah, listen, I, you know I, I do think it's going to be a really difficult game for Arsenal, and and I just think that given City's confidence at the moment and the way they're playing compared to Arsenal, who are struggling, you know I can only really see this going one way. If I'm honest, Arsenal one 0 <laughs> <laughs> Well, but you know, I mean, look, like. I, you know, obviously, I, I've got a Man City's perspective in this, but I think for a neutral from the title, title race, I think an Arsenal win would would be great. I mean, it would it would really open it all back up again. It would put the initiative back in Arsenal's hands. That you know, I'm trying to do the maths here as I'm talking, but I think that would mean that if Arsenal win every game, they would go on to win the league, wouldn't they? So it, it's it's. I mean, an Arsenal win would be would be fascinating, and it would kind of go completely against the the narrative of what's been building over the last couple of weeks. 
And do you know what? I feel like the pressure is off a little bit. After the, the past three games, Arsenal have dropped points. They were favourites at, at one point. I think now City are kind of the front runners. It's a game at the Etihad. They've been rampant pretty much in the second part of the season. Erling Haaland, obviously, he's the main man scoring goal after goal. I think listening from listening to Mikel Arteta this morning, I don't think he's putting um, too much pressure on the players. They know what they have to do. Um, he said it himself. They need to win at the Etihad, um, not draw. It's not going to be enough. They need to win. Um, and if they don't, the title is um, it's pretty much over for for Arsenal, um, at least from Arteta's perspective. So, yeah, no, I don't think the pressure is, is really on that much. I think it's probably more on City um, because of the fact that they won it so many years in a row um, and they've won it so often. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm, I'm thinking at the moment. I think the thing with City at the moment is they are just they are just absolutely in the rhythm. They're just going, you know, just big games are coming and they're just knocking them down, right, next one, next one, next one. And they've gotten this kind of the zone, you know, killer mode, whatever you, whatever you want to say about it. And they're just just knocking teams aside, really, with, with ease. And I think as well, the concerning thing for Arsenal is that they managed to rest five players you'd expect to start the rest of them at the weekend. So they should be fresh for that game. And I think he took off Silva, Haaland, Grealish uh, and another one I'm struggling to remember uh, in the second half against Sheffield United at the weekend sits are actually they're coming into this game quite fresh as well which is another concern for Arsenal and I was just going to say as well I mean you're talking about the pressure being on Manchester City but it doesn't ever seem to affect them does it Michael you know they, they almost seem to relish it in a sense it, it's not as if you would expect City to go into this game feeling any kind of stress you know and, and I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there as well they just seem to be in that rhythm and, and when they are they're an absolute juggernaut aren't they um, yeah it, it, it's going to be an incredibly difficult task for Arsenal but I do think it is worth pointing out you know it's, it's not out the realms of possibility we've spoken a lot about the the threats that City pose but you know Arsenal themselves you know on, on their day and it has been their day more often than not this season we've been talking about the likes of Martinelli Saka Jesus is obviously back in the side Chris as well I mean they, they have plenty of players who can hurt Manchester City they do I think the the fully fit starting eleven is is strong enough to to beat City on its day, um, but I think what Arsenal probably don't have that City do is squad depth. Um, we were talking about players coming in. Michael just saying there that City can afford to rest players for uh, you know what was a, a big FA Cup game, regardless of the opposition. They they could rest their big big name players um, and take players off, whereas Arsenal. Are, haven't really been in that position to do that. Um, and when they do rest players, you have someone like Fabio Vieira coming in, doesn't have that Premier League experience. You've got Rob Holding, who does have that experience, but maybe not that kind of top four quality that you actually need in these games. So I think that is probably the main difference between between these sides is the, is the depth. But look, it's, I know it's a cliche, but it's, it's a Premier League you know, any team can be any team on its day. But yeah, the worrying thing from uh, the kind of Arsenal perspective is what Michael is saying just about how City are just hammering the results at the moment. They are kind of like robots, essentially, you know, just game after game doing the job. Um, but yeah, you never know. You never know what could happen. Just one quick thing on just what you just said there, Chris. I think there's always a risk with City getting players in behind Saka, Gabriel fast players in the wide areas getting in behind 
is always a risk. And I mean, Bayern didn't, you know, in, in, in a big game recently, they had attacking players, uh, Sané, Mane, Gnabry, didn't really make the most of it. But there was a couple of times where suddenly they've got these three or four players running in behind. And that is always a risk for City in these big games. Now, as always, Chris, I've had plenty of questions for you this week, many of them about the upcoming match at the Etihad Wednesday night. We've got one from Olasupo here, who's asking whether Granit Xhaka will be available for selection. So, Mikel Arteta did confirm in his press conference that Granit Xhaka is still a doubt for Wednesday's game. Um, it remains to be seen whether he's going to be involved in training today. But then again, could be mind games from Arteta, of course, because it's such a key position for Arsenal um, they will need Granit Xhaka fit for that game. Um, I would expect him to be involved, but at the moment, it's not certain. Uh, and we're just waiting to see whether or not he's going to train. Um, so, yeah, not sure as of yet. And another question from Wallace Super here is asking why Arteta chose to go with Fabio Vieira against Southampton on Friday night rather than starting uh, Jorginho, who was, who was on the bench for that. Yeah, it's a good question. I think Fabio Vieira is someone who's obviously spent uh, quite a long time now at Arsenal or longer time than Jorginho. Uh, I think Arteta likes him in terms of what he offers um, in training as well. He's a mobile player, um, really good distribution. Um, but unfortunately against Southampton, he just looked out of his depth and um, he's had quite a few difficult games this season where he doesn't look ready. Um, so yeah, I'm not quite sure why um, he went for, uh, for for Vieira instead of Jorginho, um, other than tactical reasons, which which unfortunately didn't work out um, for Arsenal. But yeah, uh, I'm sure Jorginho will be filling in uh, on Wednesday night if Xhaka isn't available. And we sort of alluded to it in the in the first segment and showed talking, talking to Michael, but it's a huge psychological task this for Arsenal not just to go and get the three points but to sort of mentally prepare for playing a team as, as good and as informed as Manchester City and we just sort of had a few questions asking what the sort of general feeling is like in the Arsenal camp and, and how they're sort of prepping themselves for such a gargantuan task. Gargantuan I love that word um, yeah I think Arsenal are positive as always Mikel Arteta if you listen to him in his press conference today he's he's upbeat he's calm as always I'm sure inside, though, he knows that this is the the game that is going to define Arsenal's season. And we've been waiting for it all season. In in every show that we've recorded, uh, we've almost been building up to this moment because it's just going to be the, the crucial game in, in both these teams' season, especially Arsenal, who really have uh, all their eggs in one basket. They're not in any cup competitions or in Europe. They're, they're knocked out of everything. Whereas City are still challenging on three fronts. Um, so I think a part of City's kind of confidence is the fact that they're they're still playing to compete in, in all the, the big competitions and they have a genuine chance of winning the Champions League as well. I, I do think they're, they're in with a, a very strong shout to win the Champions League. I think that is the trophy that Pep Guardiola does want. It's what the City owners want, what the players want. But of course... You want to win your domestic league. It's it's the best league in the world, and yeah, like I think from Arsenal's perspective, they're calm going into the game, but um, they will need to make sure they don't have or show any nerves uh, when kickoff uh, is at the Etihad tomorrow night. Do you think on Friday night against Southampton there was maybe some sort of you know semblance of those nerves that you're talking about going into that game? I mean, we saw very early on, obviously, the mistake that led to. 
Southampton's opener from from Aaron Ramsdale. And you know, we've had a couple of questions about that performance on Friday and how Arteta will look to address the sort of the, the shortcomings in that game. But do you think that that was one of these things that happens, or do you think it was perhaps a sign of Arsenal maybe just starting to crack a little bit under the pressure? Yeah, I think psychologically it's always a difficult thing to kind of analyse because we don't know what goes on in the players' heads during those kind of big moments. You don't know if maybe the players are starting to think about what's ahead of them rather than the, the game itself. Uh, it's difficult to to analyse that. But we do know, or I do know that Arsenal have um, an in-house psychologist who is with the team um, on match days as well. He's there. Um, in fact, if you watch the Amazon documentary, you, you can see um, that Arsenal do have um, psychologists there. Uh, I know that he doesn't want any kind of publicity about himself um, out there, but the fact that Mikel Arteta trusts someone um, to be alongside him and his coaching staff shows what an important kind of facet of uh, of modern day football it is. Um, so I think that kind of aspect is really interesting and it's something that Arsenal um, have uh, have really worked on over the past couple of seasons. I mean, Arsenal have obviously drawn their, their last three games. I think that, that kind of psychological aspect is, is something they need to get over. Um, Southampton as well, bottom of the league, fighting for their lives, but no one expected them to come out in the way they did. Um, Aaron Ramsdale, though, be so disappointed with that mistake. And I think... Arsenal really need to cut out those individual errors. Um, they have made quite a few of them in this latter half of the season. And those are the the errors that are going to cost them points. And if they make any of those kind of errors against City, they'll be punished um, probably by even more goals than, than Southampton scored. So, yeah, it's uh, it's something they need to get over. Um but I'm sure that, that they can do it. Like, but like we said already, they're, they're going to be missing some key players. Uh, William Saliba, of course, is the, the, the biggest absence there. Just moving on from the game on Wednesday night, Chris, uh, we've got a question here from Nazifi, who's asking what the situation is surrounding Ainsley, Maitland, Niles. I know he's someone who we've discussed before on the podcast, currently out on loan at Southampton, but is there any sort of indication as to what his future might be in North London? Yeah, so Ainsley, Maitland, Niles gave an interview after the Arsenal-Southampton game where he basically said he's leaving this summer. So he's confirmed that he's going to be leaving Arsenal um, when his contract expires. Arsenal did have an option to trigger an extension, a one-year extension in Maitland-Niles' contract, which they've declined to take up. Um, I think from the kind of Arsenal point of view is that they don't see a long-term future for Maitland-Niles at the club. So he will be... um, released on a free transfer this summer. He'll be available. Um, He's already said that he'll be open to extending his stay at Southampton. I'm sure there's going to be a few Premier League clubs who are after him. But yeah, he's he's an interesting one, Maitland-Niles. He's been at Arsenal from the age of six. He's a Hale End Academy graduate. So I think the fact that he's um, finally leaving the club is uh, probably quite sad from his point of view. But I think it's something that is just... uh, naturally was always going to happen because he's had quite a few loan spells after initially impressing under Mikel Arteta in that FA Cup run in his first season. He's kind of fallen by the wayside and just not been able to get into the team. There was a disagreement as well over playing in midfield, uh, in defence. So that kind of thing didn't help him. But yeah, I'm sure he'll go on to have a successful career elsewhere, but uh, it won't be at Arsenal. 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he's, he's clearly a player who possesses a lot of quality, as you've alluded to. They're very versatile, you know, whether he's particularly happy about the fact that he's as versatile as he is, that, you know, is up to him. But certainly, you know, it, it's kind of hard to envisage him dropping down to the championship. And it, it feels as if Southampton are in a lot of trouble. You know, I think at this stage, they are probably most people's favourites to go down. Do you think, and I know you, you know, not to put you on the spot too much, but do you think that his future at Southampton could potentially hinge on their survival? Quite possibly, yeah. I think when you're giving interviews at this kind of point of the season, I think it's almost like a nice thing for a player to say that, you know, if the club offers me a contract, then I'll then I'll definitely consider it. Um, Southampton are fighting for their lives. I think they're going to lose a lot of players, or definitely their best players this summer. Um, and I think Maitland-Niles' quality is higher than the championship, which is by no means a, an insult to the championship because I think that league is, is certainly up there with the most difficult in the world. But I think for, for his kind of ambition, he does see himself as a you know, a top-level player at an elite club. Um, he's been on loan at Roma, don't forget, under Jose Mourinho. Um, so he's had a lot of experience. And I think I think his future probably lies away from Southampton, um, realistically, if they get relegated uh, this season. But yeah, it's difficult to say at the moment, but it, it definitely does lie away from Arsenal, as he's confirmed. Um and I think wherever he does go, he's going to be quite a useful player because he can play in a, a number of positions, right back, left back, defensive midfield, centre midfield. Um, some would say that's an issue that he can play in so many positions, but a lot of managers nowadays will actually appreciate that. So, yeah, I, I think there'll be a bit of sadness from Maitland-Niles' side, but look, he's a professional. I think he's 25 years old now, so he, he needs to get cracking with his career and uh, kind of roll his sleeves up and... Uh, and find a new club this summer, which, I, I, like I say, I'm sure he'll do very soon. We've got a question here as well from uh, Sterling, who's asking what the future holds for Emil Smith-Rowe. Uh, obviously, reports last week that Aston Villa could potentially be interested in signing him. Obviously, we know Unai Emery in charge of the villains now, and he, he knows Smith-Rowe from his time at Arsenal. I mean, is there any truth in that, or do you think that Mikel Arteta will be keen to keep hold of, of Smith-Rowe? Yeah, there's absolutely truth in that. Unai Emery is a big admirer of ML Smith Rowe. Don't forget, he was the manager who who gave him his opportunity really in the in the Arsenal first team when he took over as, as head coach. And under Mikel Arteta, last season was a almost like a breakthrough for for Smith Rowe. But this season he struggled. You know, injuries and just getting into the team has been difficult for him. He's uh, he's only played nine league games this season. Uh, I know he's disappointed with his lack of first team opportunity um whether or not he looks for a move away from the club is a is another story altogether he's in a similar kind of boat to Maitland Niles in the sense that game time um is by no means guaranteed but he's a you know a quality player he, he offers a lot and I think you know in games like uh that match against Southampton I think Emil Smith-Rowe could have offered something um different um to to someone like Fabio Vieira so yeah Smith Rowe is wanted by Aston Villa and I, I think it's a move that he would certainly consider because it's uh, a chance to kind of rejuvenate his career. Uh, I don't know if he's going to break into this Arsenal starting eleven uh, as things are. Uh, I think Villa might be a really good opportunity for him um, with a really, really good coach in Unai Emery who he knows very well. So 
let's wait and see on that one but it's definitely one to watch this summer